Welcome to the Unabashed Gaming Podcast, where we talk about all things tabletop RPG. This episode, Susan, Randy, David, and I have survived the return trip from Gen Con 2015 and just cannot wait to go back next year. In the meantime, you get our thoughts, memories, and the last vestiges of our con colds, but make sure to stay till the end for Gen Con 2016 Pipe Dreams. Enjoy. Welcome to Unabashed Gaming, episode 43? Pretty sure it's 43. In any case, this is our Gen Con follow-up. Um, if it ends up being a later one, I'll just have to dub over my own voice. No, it's 43. You're right. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you might hear us uh, crunching and sniffing and, oh, I should have made myself a hot toddy before I started this, um, <laughs> and guzzling liquor and tea. Well, not because I didn't. So, um, yeah, we are, uh, we are one week back from Gen Con. It, yeah. Uh, it ended... Mm-hmm. Well, not precisely one week ago, but we pretty much got out of there one week ago. Mm-hmm. And my God, um, let's! Uh, holy crap, guys! Gen Con was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> we all paid the price. Yeah, we all uh, we all paid the price, and in my estimation, the price was worth it. Yeah, I concur. I would say so. <laughs> oh man, so. Um, uh, God, I don't even know. Uh, there's like so much that happened that like should we just go with like first impressions? Start out with that. Yeah, yeah. sure. All right, so um, let's start with Randy and Susan, the dual team sitting over there, uh, because you guys gave me a lift into Gen Con. So, so yeah. we got in at uh, about midnight on Wednesday. And in my foolishness, I was like, great, there's not going to be a huge line for picking up tickets at Will Call because it's after midnight and it'll be so easy and great. Haha, we'll fool them all. Yeah, no, <laughs> the line, like, it just kept going. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I mean, and it kept going and going and going, but... Um, I think it was, what, two-thirds the length of the entire convention center when we got there? Yeah. And um, and even so, it actually did move fairly quickly. It did. Um, in spite of its length. We got we got our tickets picked up in, what, less than half an hour? Yeah, it was, it was surprisingly quick. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, even, even with a long line, it went fast. So, so that was nice because I was ready to be there for a few hours. <laughs> Likewise, I, I know how long lines can be. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, they had it. They had it down. So, um, so that was exciting. Yeah, it was kind of but, a good, uh, a good intro of what to expect for Gen Con as far as people. Like, even when you're there midnight the night before, there's so many people. There's so many people at Gen Con. Like yeah. everyone tells you that, and you just. You just don't fathom it until you experience yeah. it yourself. It's true. Yeah. Um, I did not expect as many people as there were. And, I mean, for us, we got there uh, Wednesday night and got to sort of experience a little bit. And then Thursday, we really experienced it. And then Friday, it was more people. And then Saturday, if you can even imagine <laughs> more people, there were, like, more people. So so it was like Thursday was like, okay, <laughs> a bunch of people holy shit this is amazing and overwhelming and then by saturday you're like ah, how did the population double yet again like, I- <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, man. Um, 
Yeah, so if you're going to go for one day, I recommend a Thursday. <laughs> Definitely. Um, as opposed to like trying to get in there Saturday and be able to do anything. Yeah. Um, I agree. I was uh, I was really surprised at how short the uh, the will call line got on Thursday afternoon. <laughs> like, I was yeah. able I mean, there was that huge line extending throughout the entirety or almost the entirety of the uh the convention on Wednesday night at midnight, but like Thursday at like 4:30, 4:45ish, I was able pretty much just to walk right up to the to the booths themselves. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, if people want to like miss Thursday or miss part of Thursday, like it wouldn't be too much of a hassle for them to you know show up, get their tickets, and then just have Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's true. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, I wouldn't do that. No. no, no. But I did notice Friday morning and Saturday morning the lines were pretty long for will call. Yeah. And I think it was the people coming in for just that day. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Getting their one day badges and stuff. Mm. I will say that uh, for the next time for next year. I'm definitely going to get a hotel room for Wednesday night as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That way we can just grab our badges, head up to the room, crash out, and then the next morning I can get my, uh, I can, uh, get my press badge again. Yeah. Because yeah. that was fun. How was, how was the press badge line, by the way? Because you had to do that Thursday morning, right? Uh, I did. Um, it was pretty short. It wasn't that long. Um, probably maybe about, like, 20 people in front of me, and they have, like, this awesome just dedicated press room where they you know have like the uh, the wall of like gen con logos where you can do like photos and stuff and you know like free wi-fi so if you need to do uploads um knowing that now i'd probably actually bring my laptop with me next uh next gen con so i could actually you know full-on uh record and uh and update my blog pretty much daily while i'm there um because mm-hmm. yeah the, the marriott's uh rule or uh guideline or whatever it is of them like charging you for even base wi-fi is bullshit it's a dick move yeah i'm thinking we should probably go into the omni next uh next year might be a little bit more expensive but i get free wi-fi there yeah yeah uh that also brings up the the in in some weird way the uh the cost of parking oh god yeah (laughs) holy shit Uh, yeah it's not cheap um if you're planning to park at the hotel um good luck with that good luck with that i mean valet um because their was drive-in parking was filled when we got there thursday morning to park yeah uh, at the actual Ooh. hotel um that was full so they only had valet and all the valet signs that i saw across town were like 42 bucks for the day yeah. um, and we're gonna, even yeah. if you're not taking the car in and out if you just go and they park it once and you get it again sunday yeah. it's still 42 dollars a night yep 42 bucks a night so we ended up actually parking at the um <clears throat> mall, the mall parking because there's lots of mall parking at least on thursday um but we didn't actually leave and it was only 22 bucks a night but that was still quite high, if you oh. ask me. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if I had left, say, Friday and tried to refine parking um, in the parking so at the mall, I would have been screwed. So thankfully, we were able to park when, uh, Thursday downtown and not have to move until we were actually leaving. Yeah. So. Now, now, David, you were, uh, you were commuting daily from the, uh, from the airport. How, how did that strike you? 
Yeah. So that's the thing. What what Gen Con did this year? Because in previous years they'd just be like, "Okay, guys, room registration is open," and everyone would try and get rooms at the convention center hotels simultaneously, and so it would cause server crashes, and you know, people would just be trying to get a reservation, and you know, it was like super frustrating. So their solution this year was kind of uh, better, which was just to basically assign people uh, time slots randomly. So, like, you guys got a good time slot where you were able to, to reserve a downtown hotel. But I got a time slot that was two hours after reservations opened. So that meant by the time I was able to reserve a room, all the downtown hotels were booked. So uh. that's if they, if they keep doing that system in future years, that's just something to keep in mind. Is like, you're not guaranteed a downtown hotel it's it's totally at the whim of how they assign your your time right yeah. an interesting yeah. uh, rumor i heard about that was that they actually had like blocks of the convention center hotels for each uh, time slot yeah and so no matter what time slot you got you had a chance of getting one of those rooms but obviously they go fast yeah if that was so, the case then i i mean i i was there like a minute you know, my time came up, and I went and I looked, and it was like none of the downtown hotels were available. So, uh. yeah. Um, now, having said that, I did get the airport Hilton, and I didn't have to pay for parking, so <laughs> that was yeah. nice. Nice. And, uh, and they had free Wi-Fi too, although it was kind of slow. Um, and at first, I was like, well, you know, um, I don't want to rent a car because of parking downtown, hmm. so I'll just do the shuttle. And that was another thing I'd heard a lot of dire, you know, talk about previous uh, Gen Cons, you know. And they were, this year they were trying something new as well, where they were like, oh, we'll just run at certain times and you can buy tickets ahead of time and you can say when you want uh, to take the shuttle to and from. Which is kind of weird, because you're like, then you're supposed to like guess what time you want to go back and what time you want to show up, you right. know. So, um and then it turned out to be kind of a moot point because after I bought tickets, they sent me an email saying, you know, oh, well, not enough people from your hotel signed up for the shuttle, so we're not going to be stopping at your hotel. Um, you can ride the shuttle free and we'll refund you the ticket price, uh, but you'll have to go to a different hotel to pick up the shuttle. No. At which point I was like, fuck that. Yeah, <laughs> so, seriously. So I, I just went ahead and rented a car and I just did some Googling and apparently there's this, you know, this is the thing with Gen Con that I kind of knew going in. It's like there's all these like secret um, things that they don't tell you about, you know. Uh, so one of the things you can do is you can reserve uh, parking uh, through at least this one website called ParkWiz where uh, there's certain public lots that will just have reserved parking spaces like for all day hmm. um, for five bucks a day. And so the now for a hotel that wouldn't work because you can't do like 24 hours a day. Right. Um, but you know, as far as like commuting down from, you know, an out, you know, hotel outside the downtown area, it worked out perfectly, you know, although because I waited so long before I realized I was going to be renting a car, I didn't, again, I didn't get a parking lot that was like immediately adjacent, you know, it was like a 10 minute walk hmm. from convention center to the parking lot, which normally would not have been an issue, but. Uh, I had a whole thing with my feet, <laughs> which is, you know, I might get into. But um, anyway, so I would just say in the future, part, you know, getting an airport um, room is not 
not that big a deal. It was like a 20-minute drive into downtown, $5 a day for parking, no charge for parking at the, at the hotel. It was okay if you don't mind paying for a rental car, you know, or if you drive in, you know. Yeah. Um, then, yeah, it might not be a bad idea. So. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good times. So uh, now that we're uh, past the uh, the initial parking logistics, that sort of thing, <laughs> what was uh, what was everyone looking forward to? Like, did it uh, did it meet your expectations of uh, of your Gen Con? Yes, and then some. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my big thing going into it was meeting Caleb Stokes. Yay! Now. <laughs> I did. I managed not to uh, stalk him too horribly, which I'm very proud of myself about. And I did, however, forget my copy of No Security. I had had this book packed in my bag like a month out, and I had taken it out so I could uh, take my backpack down to the farmer's market like the weekend before Gen Con to get food, and uh, it never made it back in. Oh, man. So that was sad. Yeah, my tale of woe from Gen Con. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that of course is is the thing. It's like, and again, I, I'm sort of intellectually aware of this going in, but then, of course, you have the experiential uh, thing to back it up, which is that you just have to be reserved uh, to the fact that you are not going to be able to do everything you want to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just impossible, mm-hmm. you know. There's yeah. So much stuff. Going That's on. true. I think that's a big reason I enjoyed it as much as I did is that I went in, I signed up for like a couple seminars each day and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do whatever. I also was, I was also okay with the fact like I might get so overwhelmed with all of the people that I might just end up drinking in the hotel bar (laughs) Gen Con with like whatever book I'd already purchased Uh and that's going to be my Gen Con. And I was okay with that fact. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, when I had to go back to the room and, like, rest or have a little people break, it was fine. I wasn't, like, having a panic attack that I was missing stuff. Yeah. And I think for for me, I just really had no idea at all what what Gen Con was going to be. And so uh, my only experience previous to Gen Con with... um, conventions and conferences and things like that was like design conferences and like South by Southwest um, kind of stuff where the sessions and things are kind of a big part of what you do um, like the seminars and that wasn't the case here necessarily as as I I kind of found out so I had signed up for all these seminars and things and then um, when I got there I was like Shit, I don't want to do any of those. I just want to go play games and yeah, <laughs> see what everybody's doing. And so, um, leaning on that experience, next year I would make sure to sign up for more actual gaming and and playing of games myself. Um, and I was actually kind of surprised with some of the um, fairly low quality of the seminars themselves uh, and what I was hearing from some of the other people who'd gone to seminars as well. So I was, in some ways I was kind of lured by the fact that these seminars are free, but you know what? Two bucks an hour is way better if it's going to be fun. So, (laughs) so uh, don't, don't be turned off by the $2 um, ticket price for some of the events or $5 or whatever it is. So yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, me personally, I 
I don't think I did enough gaming, even though I signed up for a bunch. Um, oh, either. Yeah, I uh, I had a lot of fun. I ended up skipping actually a few of the events that I was planned for, just for in in preference to last minute changes. Um, so that's kind of like something that I didn't really expect myself to uh, to be so um, sort of nonchalant about just uh, ditching, you know, previous. Uh, dedications that i had i had made with uh you know the event schedule um what was most surprising to me though was the fact that um we actually didn't really use our uh generic tickets until like the very end and that's because <laughs> we were like we need to spend our generic tickets <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <clears throat> it was hard to get in on games honestly yeah like, if it was available in the system still then it was probably because no one had signed up for them. And so you can't play a game by yourself in most cases anyway. So Right. <laughs> so um, uh, though Kale did have a lot of luck getting into games where people didn't show up. Um, but he said it took a long time to find them. That's right. For the, uh, for the benefit of our listeners, um, we had a... <laughs> super last minute uh <laughs> registration to Gen Con who joined us literally after I got off of my plane in Louisville and <laughs> drove up with us to Indianapolis and got his like ordered his pass like on the way there and was just cramming events in the car while we were desperately trying to maintain LTE or 3G on my phone. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, for a person who didn't sign up for anything beforehand, it seemed like uh, our friend Kale had a very good Gen Con. It's true. Yeah. He did. yeah. If you've already got friends that are going to Gen Con, um, you can do it deciding to go the day before. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean... And the day before, I mean Wednesday. I was literally out. packing my bag, and he texted me. He's like, so what are you doing this weekend? I was like, I'm going to Gen Con. He's like, oh, I want to go. <laughs> Let me see if I can get the days off. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Crazy. So, David, uh, David, you were saying? Oh, it just seems like the trick is housing. You know? Yeah. Like, oh, that's, yeah. That's the, the, you know, if you live within driving distance of Indianapolis or in Indianapolis, you know, and you could just drive in for a day, then you could, like, just spontaneously decide to go in. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, hey, I'll just buy a pass online real quick. I'll buy some generic tickets or I'll look for what's open, you know, and just pop in. Or, you know, if you just want to go to the exhibitors hall, you know. Yeah. So that was was something uh, I discovered is that that was sort of the main draw for me was the exhibitors hall. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I signed up for some games and I didn't end up doing any of them because I was just like, you know, I wasn't sure how I felt about convention gaming. And then once I was there, I was like, eh, no, this isn't for me. You know, this isn't my thing. Um, The seminars were fun, but then... Like most of, and I lucked out in that most of the ones I went to, well, actually all of the ones I went to, were really good. But except for one of them, they were all being recorded to be released on podcasts anyway. Mm. Yeah. So other than like, oh, I want to go up and meet someone who's on the panel after the panel, which I did, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's really no reason to be there in person. You know, kind of like what Randy was saying. Like it's not, it's not as dire as, as it would have been like ten years ago, where it's like, well, if you're not at Gen Con to go to this panel, then you're gonna just miss out on, it, you know. Mm. So, right. So. Oh man. Actually, I think only my um, 
I think only a couple of my uh, my seminars that I went to were recorded for podcasts. A lot of mine were not. Oh, but okay. I also went to some rather um, strange ones, which is why I got a horrible one. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to say this right now. Like, White Wolf Games, I like them. They seem to come with a strange crowd that I do not enjoy, however. <laughs> and I need to just take that lesson and learn from it. If I haven't handpicked the people I'm going to be discussing or playing a White Wolf game with, I should not get involved. <laughs> oh my. That is my... <laughs> I don't like the, uh, kind of like the Pathfinder crowd, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was impossible not to run into the Pathfinder crowd this Gen Con. Paizo is just so represented. To, to be fair, their huge uh, their huge room full of Pathfinder being played was kind of off in the... Um, it was off in a different hotel, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Second floor of the convention center. Oh, okay. It was off yeah. hidden in the second it, floor. It was segregated, though. <laughs> I, like, I, didn't, I didn't find it, I think, until Saturday afternoon. I'm like, oh, here's where they all are. Uh-huh. <laughs> What's going on? Oh, did they just sort of like when you walked into the every head turn at you and just like simultaneously in unison and yeah. then you know just started chanting one of us one yeah. of us <laughs> I think if there hadn't been so many people there I mean this is a huge ballroom I think several ballrooms that could be mm-hmm. connected like it yeah. was a huge room filled with tables of people playing Pathfinder. Like, I think only the people by the doors actually, you know, noticed and did the turnaround and the crickets. But there were so many other games going on that were involved with stuff that it wasn't a whole room effect. Oh, man. It was just, I don't know, I felt kind of ridiculous exactly how much, like, Pathfinder was going on. It felt really hard to find a game in the events that wasn't Pathfinder. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But, um... I mean, moving on from there, what was like, uh, let's, let's jump into like the bests. What was like your best event that you guys went to? Hmm. Um, I'm going to say the uh, future of chaosium panel. Oh, very good. Yeah, that was, that was great. Cause I don't know. There were like, uh, stunning revelations and, uh, just the good energy in the room and got to meet some awesome people afterwards and um yeah it was a lot of fun you know i was i was there in a lot of ways just uh because i wanted to, to do some networking for my own writing you know so mission hmm. accomplished in that regard and, and i'd say that anyone who wants to write for any kind of tabletop gaming um venue needs to go to gen con if you need if you want to work in the gaming industry at all yeah. you need to go to gen con and you need to network there like yep. There are a lot uh, of Susan, you know, you and I went to a panel on, on freelance writing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, uh, and Dave's getting a text message, everybody. He is. <laughs> um, no, it's it's a tweet notification from oh. the ghost of the machine from Kenneth Height and Robin Laws. Oh, nice! Yeah. Fantastic. Um, but you know, I think it was the Eclipse Phase uh, fellow whose name escapes me at the moment. Love that guy. Yeah. Yeah, who was saying, you know, basically the tabletop gaming industry is still very old school in that sense, where it's like, you know, work goes to people who know people, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. like you, you can get work by sending off, emailing off spec work or just emailing queries, but like nine times out of 10, it's going to go out to people who, you know, it's like, oh, I know that guy, I met him at, at Gen Con or 
I saw him at the Ennies or whatever. You know, that's something for next year. I'm definitely getting an Ennies uh, pass so I can be there. Nice. But um, yeah, it's uh, it was it's you know you're not going to network like that anywhere else. You know. Right. Like I I happened to cross this guy that was a miniature painter professionally, and he really wanted to get into working for some companies. And I saw him having meetings like. Within a course of my course of a couple hours in the exhibit hall, he was mm-hmm. having meetings with like dozens of companies that produce miniature games, getting mm-hmm. trying to get work with them. Yep. It was weird. Like he was just like apparently I was accidentally following him around that day. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, whether you're a painter or you want to do writing or an artist or anything like that, or you designer, to go to yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Randy, Susan, how about you guys? What was your best? Um, I had actually a couple. And um, what really turned out to be terribly interesting, and I wasn't expecting it to be that good, I kind of added it as an afterthought, because nothing with Caleb Stokes in it could be bad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's my, that it was the ethical concepts in role-playing games. Uh, seminar. It was called like Beyond Lawful Good and Evil, mm-hmm. and um, it was actually really great, like awesomely great. They had a guy who was actually a. Uh, my understanding was he was actually like a psychologist on the panel, and he'd written a um, a book called The Baby Bestiary, which uh, delves oh. into the you know idea of monsters, you know, coming across monsters that are babies. And they're adorable and cute and maybe aren't necessarily evil, even though all of their race is classified as evil in a bestiary. Mm. Things like that. So they addressed a lot of concepts and how you can can, uh, kind of make your players think about ethical concepts a little bit more. They had a lot of advice for dealing with your, um, your murder hobos in your game. And uh, so it's it was, like classic. Uh, you guys have just killed all these orcs, and now you find the orc nursery. What do you do with the orc babies, kind of thing? Right, like the, yeah, that's I think the idea behind the baby bestiary book, and um, a lot of that idea of you know what everything your characters do to make your world interesting in a game, things have consequences. You know. They can't just be a creepy guy in a basement sharpening his sword until there's something to go kill. (laughs) Um, So that was really great. And I also, I really enjoyed the Pendragon game you ran for us, David. Oh, thank you. That was was the highlight of my Gen Con. Yeah, I I mean, I I didn't mean to uh, to negate our experience there when I said I didn't do any gaming. I meant I didn't do any convention (laughs) gaming. Right, right. I I I didn't sit down at a table full of strangers. You right. know? And, uh, I didn't either, and yeah. that was the only role playing game I actually got in at right. uh, yeah. Gen Con. Yeah, and um, and it was fantastic. And you know, we didn't have any strangers there. I mean, you didn't know Randy very well, and you didn't know Kale at all. So I you had a Kale. Cool that's true. Spot. Yeah, but and and that was something I was actually thinking about. Was like, I suppose if somebody invited me to sit down at a convention game. Like, if I kind of knew them or they were a friend of a friend, you know, mm-hmm. or something otherwise came recommended to me, I might do it. Mm. But, like, the, the games I had signed up for, I didn't know who was running it. I didn't know who was going to be there. 
And then, or like just using a generic pass to just kind of be like, oh, let me look for a game that's going on here. Oh, hey guys, you mind if I join in? You know, I was just kind of like, yeah, not, not, not for me. Not for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, and that wasn't really, I don't know. I consider it part of the Gen Con convention because we planned for it just because we didn't invite anybody else. (laughs) Yeah. Just because it wasn't in the, uh, in the program. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, so yeah, for our listeners, you can listen to that on the Esoteric Order of Role Players. It's been posted yep, it already. Up. That's right. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a great session. That it was. Good. That it was. <laughs> How about you, Randy? Um, gosh, you know, I there were a lot of things that I liked. I I feel like I liked watching all the demos and things of the different games that were available. Um. Um, for me, I actually got into Malifaux this, that, that particular weekend. Um, Susan had a crew for a long time, but I never really knew much about it. And, um, they had a weird games, had a pretty big presence on the, uh, exhibit hall floor. And so we went and hung out over there a while and, um, got a, a demo in the gaming room, which by the way, the gaming hall, I guess, is called the gaming hall. I don't know. That's what <laughs> I called it. Um, but it was like four giant ballrooms hooked together without any room, like walls in between. And it was just tables as far as the eye could see. They're it not was... even like ballrooms. <laughs> They're like warehouses, basically, in the middle of this convention center. They have concrete floors and yeah. high ceilings. It's and... true. It, yeah, it was, like, it was like an aircraft hangar. Yeah, right. it was yeah. enormous, yeah. enormous. But there were lots of uh, different game companies there in the in the big gaming hall that uh, were running demos and different uh, board games and things. Mm. Um, but again, it was hard to get in just on a pickup game because most people had scheduled which games they wanted to play and things there too. Um, I I had kind of gotten the impression beforehand that it would be easier to jump in on games, but that wasn't necessarily the case in reality. Yeah. Um, but the demos, like we did the demo for uh, Malifaux, and that was actually really fun for me. Um, the people that they have running demos for any of the games I've found were actually really good at um, um, explaining the mechanics in a logical order um, so that you could remember them and, and actually enjoy what that game would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, had fun with that. Um, definitely wandering around the exhibit hall was was a lot of fun because there's just so much to see and, and experience there. So um, I would say those were, um, as far as like Gen Con um, offered... <laughs> things those those were my highlights so good times guys what about Uh, you dave uh as for me um i i actually uh scheduled a lot of gaming or at least a good amount of it i think i was playing at least one scheduled game a day um i tried for more Mm -hmm. and i'd say that those are probably pretty much like the highlights just sort of jumping into like these various games with random strangers and like seeing if the GMs were actually any good at what they were doing or if they were, you know, pretty terrible. And <laughs> I mean, I guess I got lucky cause like, I don't know, like four out of five of the games that I played were actually pretty decent. Yeah. Like, you know, good GMs, people who knew the system, you know, amiable, they kept the plot moving. Um, 
you know, everyone at the table is really engaging. Um, and so that was, you know, kind of surprising and kind of fun just to sort of network. Well, not really network since I didn't get anyone's name except for like one person. <laughs> but, uh, no, it was cool just to sort of go around and like meet up with, you know, random people and like play a game and then just sort of ditch. It sort of, uh, I don't know, kind of reminded me of, uh, Stephen Bohannon's game thing in uh, Santa Fe where, you know, you show up, you might play a game with strangers, but it can still end up being pretty fun. So, yeah, I mean, I'd have to say that that was probably like the highlight of my Gen Con experience. And I look forward to doing that again next year. And like, also, I mean, we'll probably talk about this a little bit more later, but like, I look forward to also running something next year. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I got to go to, um, to one RPG too. Um, I did uh, promise sands. Mm. was the system and i would say the story and the gm was really the great really great um though i don't know that i would ever play that system on my own yeah (laughs) i had a couple of those it's just really um you know i I think it's a great place to experience a lot of different systems maybe stuff that you'd never heard of but um but uh but getting somebody else to run it and, and kind of explain the rules, you can really decide, hey, you know, this is not D&D, um, and, but it is really fun to play, and the rules are easy, um, and it gets you in the action good and, you know, cr- bogged down with crunch. Or maybe this game is really crunchy and I don't want to play it, or maybe I do want to play it because of that. So it kind of lets you experience a lot of different stuff if you can get in on it. So Yeah, yeah definitely. When I was signing up for tickets, I really wanted to sign up for some games for games that I um, I wanted to try out that I hadn't before, like I wanted to, or that I hadn't had a lot of experience with. Like I really wanted to get in on a one roll engine game, mm. like Wild Talents or Better Angels or Monsters and Other Childish Things or any of those. Mm. And there weren't any when I signed up. Oh. Yeah, they're all sold out or. Um, but that's an interesting thing about signing up for Gen Con is that people are adding events a lot all the way up to Gen Con. So yeah. when you initially sign up, if you don't find a game you want to jump in on, keep checking every once in a while. Yeah, seriously. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, uh, Chaosium, they announced their uh, their panel like after like my generic tickets are even like shipped to me. So... Like, the one thing, well, I mean, it wasn't the one thing, so I ended up having to go back into Will Call a couple more times. But the one thing initially <laughs> that I had to go to Will Call for was just freaking chaosing people. And then even, they didn't even ask for a ticket. It was just walk in. Yeah, I know. It was totally cash. I know. I, I thought that, you know, they were going to be at the door, like, tons of people trying to get in because it's Chaosium. <laughs> and, like, I love Chaosium. And, of course, because I love Chaosium, everyone loves Chaosium. <laughs> but no it was like what was it like maybe like 60 people like seating for 60 and yeah there were there were a few standees at the back so yeah, definitely. It, was, it was a little over capacity but it wasn't uh and I, I think i think it's because it wasn't uh you know super uh publicized until like right before the convention right so, yeah. yeah i mean i did stuff to go to it but yeah me too yeah just because, yeah, that was like, oh, so great to see Chaosium. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> and uh, very unexpected uh, revelations, too. So. Oh, definitely. Ex- exciting times. Exciting revelations. Yeah, when I got home, I ordered the guy to go to Anthem. I'm like, all right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to start building up my RuneQuest lore, obviously. Oh, I bet, yeah. They're going to start <laughs> pumping that stuff out. 
Oh. All right. Well, <laughs> so that's, um, that's something that surprised me is I ended up buying mostly miniatures related stuff. Mm. I hadn't anticipated that, but the weird booth was like really approachable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like, cause like privateers booth and uh, fantasy flights booth, especially you couldn't get in, you know, it's like, if you want to spend half your day standing in line, you know, for fantasy flight, at least, yeah. you know, it was like, I mean, they had people with uh, poles that said line continues here so that they could have like traffic control because the, the line was wending back and forth through the aisles. And then yeah. on top of it, they had a little whiteboard where they would write what was sold out. You know, so it's like if you're standing in line, you want to buy like, you know, whatever uh, they're selling at the moment. And they're like, oh, no, we sold out of that game. You're like, fuck, you know, and you can ditch the line without having to wait another hour or whatever. I'm just like, I'm not that committed to Fantasy Flight's product line. So <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I was kind of surprised that they were that popular. I mean, yeah, like, they're, they're with big. several Fantasy Flight products, but not that much. Yeah, some people are just super random. And I know like um, there, there was a sign up for XCOM board game. And one of my friends in uh, LA, you know, like XCOM is all time favorite video game. Oh yeah. So I took a photo mm-hmm. and I texted it to him and he's like, Oh, are they running demos? You know? <laughs> and I was like, fuck if I know, and I'm not standing in line for it. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh. he's, he's like, bah! <laughs> <You know? laughs> but so the weird booth uh, was always busy, but it, you didn't have to stand in this, you know, uh, ridiculous line to get in. So I ended up dropping right. quite a bit of cash at the weird booth. Yeah. And, yeah. And then I also wanted to hit up like the the uh, like out of print dealers, you know, like the guys who had all the old stuff, you know. So I, I found a couple of those booths and bought some old out of print material. Like I bought a Warhammer Fantasy Battle Third Edition rulebook, you know, right mm-hmm. after this other guy. Actually, he's like, "Oh, you buying that?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Damn it!" <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, um, so it was kind of funny. Like I did end up buying a lot of RPG related stuff, um, just because I guess I'm kind of good right now. That was the other reason why I sort of skipped some of the games I'd signed up for. I'm like, eh, you know, I, I kind of know what I like right now, so I don't need to really experiment hmm. with other systems or whatever. But um, yeah, so that's another thing, I guess. It's like, you never know. You never know where you're going to end up, you know, kind of following your, your heart or whatever. Yeah, I had true. actually the opposite experience. I had gone in kind of expecting to buy a lot of miniatures. Well, and, and dice. And I ended up, I only bought some role-playing books. And I got some dice, but like I had expected to spend a lot of money at the game science booth because I was excited they were back. Mm. I love my game science dice. Yeah. But, you know, he just didn't have a lot of, of uh, inventory with him. And yeah. so, you know, I bought some new things and spent some money, but not as much as I'd expected. Yeah, hopefully next year, I, I know they've had, you know, like production uh, hang ups. And so hopefully by next year they'll have a, a nice stock in. But also, I think it's just. I mean, Luzaki is like this this legend, both for being in the industry for fifty years and also just for his eccentricity. Yes. And this this dude had like Kevin Trudeau's health secrets they don't want you to know about for sale at his booth. You know, <laughs> he had like the complete Bard's Handbook for AD and D Second Edition. It's like you just cleared out your garage, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, it definitely you know? seemed that way. So, the odds of him, the odds of getting him to uh, sponsor the Esoteric Order uh, podcast are about zero, I think, because I'm, I'm not sure he even knows what a podcast is. Yeah, <laughs> possibly not. <laughs> oh. 
Man, so that was our bests. Let's uh, let's go down. What disappointed you the most about Gen Con? I think um, I think for me, what disappointed me the most was uh, that my feet essentially betrayed me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I came in expecting um, uh, that I was going to have a lot of trauma uh, in the foot department because I have very flat feet. Mm. So I, I had uh, I had braces and I had orthopedic inserts and all this other stuff. But the amount of walking that I did on Thursday, you know, between uh, walking to and from my parking uh, area and then just all the walking, you know, my iPhone, I have this little thing that tracks every, you know, my steps. Yeah. I walked 10 miles on Thursday. Oh, my you know? God. <laughs> <laughs> and so by the end of the day, I could tell my feet were like, no, es bueno, you know, like I could just feel them, you know, starting to rebel. And then about halfway through on Friday, I could feel the blisters just squishing around like water weenies inside my shoes, you know. Uh. And by 6 o'clock, you know, like I had scheduled a dinner with you guys at 8.30. And by 6 o'clock, I was just like, guys, I can't make it. I have to go back to the hotel. And, I, you know, I didn't. I barely made it back to the hotel. And then, like, the next morning, I had to, like, go out and get Epsom salts and, you know, uh, bandages and, and neosporin, all this stuff. And I was just raging blisters all over my feet. And the, the feet themselves were just, you know, cramping up. So I didn't get to hit up, like, the exhibitor's hall as much as I would have liked. Because it was basically mostly Thursday and a little bit of Friday. Saturday, I just went to, like, one seminar um, and then ran the Pendragon game for you guys. And that was about it. Mm. You know, the, the convention came to kind of a kind of a whimpering halt for me because of that so next year i'll have to be sure to pace myself better you know yeah definitely yeah yeah i didn't pace myself at all (laughs) 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 i the only uh pace that or the only limiting factor on me was my energy levels and that was um because they were suboptimal um i had gotten myself sick somehow like wednesday night or something yeah so Thursday i was starting to feel it and um friday i just like like i but at the same time i know it's kind of shitty i was the sick guy at gen con making everyone else sick probably you bastard Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but i you know i paid my ticket price and i got time off and like i went in made all this happen for myself and i'm like i'm not gonna just fucking sit in the hotel room i need to go do this thing sorry everybody else it's actually selfish but sorry everybody else you know what (laughs) i don't mind that much because if you did hang out in the hotel room i probably would have caught your cold a lot earlier yeah instead of like sunday night i probably would have got it on like friday night (laughs) and that would have just sucked yeah Yeah. so i'm glad you infected other people first (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Gen Con. <laughs> Randy was the plague bearer at Gen Con this year. <laughs> oh, that, that's what that uh, uh, sickly green robe you were wearing was all about, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, and that brings up a good point. If you're going to Gen Con, bring a lot of airborne. Yeah. Take it regularly. Yeah. I'm. I get sick really horribly and really easily. Like anything that comes around, I get. I managed to do pretty good because I took Airborne religiously. And uh, like even before I got to Gen Con, I like pre-gamed with the Airborne. <laughs> yep. 
and then kept going. Um, it kind of kept trying to catch up with me this past week, but never really hit me hard. So, well, you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mine wasn't too bad. I, I felt fine until Tuesday because I was slamming all those, you know, like wellness formula and test right. enzymes and all sort of stuff, you know. And um, so, and then, yeah, I did get a cold, but it wasn't too bad, you know, as far as colds go. Yeah. But, you know, it, it kind of comes with the territory. I mean, it's almost, they call it the con crud, you know. It's yeah. just like you kind of have to just prepare yourself, You're, you know. You're you're mixed. Not only are you mixing with you know this year it was sixty one thousand uh, ticket holders. Yep. Uh, which is almost the population of Santa Fe, incidentally. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. as if the entire probably like able bodied population of Santa Fe just converged on, <laughs> on one you know twelve square block radius. That's really um, good. <laughs> but not only are you mixing with all those people, but then you know if you're flying in in any capacity, you're on airplanes. Yep. You know, yeah. flat, you know, gross air. Yeah. So it's just, it's like, you just have to kind of assume that if you don't get sick, you got lucky. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Yeah. Um, so what did you guys all buy? Oh, man. I uh, spent a lot of money at Privateer Press and at Weird Games. <laughs> um, yeah, I was expecting to actually buy more, like, core books from places, but I just, uh, I don't know, I was walking around the exhibitor hall quite a lot, actually. But um, I didn't end up seeing too much that interested me beyond uh, purchasing just uh, through the breach. So I got the uh, what are the the Fated Almanac and then the Fate Masters Guide or whatever the GM and the player section for both of those. Um, and then you know some uh, I, I think I bought a Fate deck, uh, the upgrade deck for Malifaux, and some. Uh, Ah, nose, do you suck? Uh, some <laughs> some uh, lamps for uh, for minis. Oh yeah, and uh, some lamps for minis. What? Uh, like, the, the, uh, those those uh, lamps. Lamps. Oh yeah, okay. The street lamps, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And then uh, got a privateer. Which are fantastic. Oh, privateer! I bought the scorn book because I had to. And then <laughs> what? <laughs> well, the the scorn book for the RPG because I had to. I'm like, are you reading up on my guys? Yes, <laughs> yes, of course. But I do that on the internet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, so I bought that. I bought like minis. Uh, there were some gobbers, uh, some everblights, a mercenary, and then like the signar specific mercenary. Uh, so that was pretty fun. And then of course. What else? God. Um, oh, I bought the Firefly RPG from Margaret Weiss Games. I think mm-hmm. that's who does it. Yeah. 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 I was just randomly looking for Randy and Susan, and I walked by this booth, and I'm like, oh shit, that's the Firefly RPG. I've been looking <laughs> everywhere for you guys. Because I was, uh, I'd been following them when they were talking about re releasing the rules for, I don't know, like a year or more. Just yeah. never, uh, never had the opportunity to pick up the book. Yeah. So I was kind of stoked that I was able to there. But yeah, that was pretty much my Gen Con haul. <clears throat> yeah, that was that was the interesting thing about the exhibitors hall was like just finding booths randomly, just being like, oh, oh, that's where that is, you know? Yeah. And like when I was looking for the Chaosium booth on Thursday, like just rounding a corner, seeing the Pelgrane booth, being like, oh shit, there's Ken Height, and then coming around the corner again, seeing the Chaosium booth, and being like, oh shit, there's Sandy Peterson. <laughs> 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 wow. Okay. But uh, yeah, no, I bought I bought. Um, I bought some gas lamps as well at the weird booth. 
I bought the uh, <laughs> campaign book and the campaign deck from Alpha. A bunch of uh, bases to use as markers. Um, Perfect. And then, oh, the Abuela Ortega model that just came out, which I really wanted to get. And then um, I got the Warhammer uh, 3rd Edition, as I mentioned. Uh, a couple other miniatures rules um, for Giant Mecha and Kaiju. And then, um, oh, and then I picked up the Lone Wolf RPG that I had backed on Kickstarter that they said, you know, hey, if you want to just get your copy of Gen Con, come by the booth. And so that was cool because I got to get uh, Joe Devers, the author of the Lone Wolf books, uh, to sign it, although he shot me down on where I wanted him to sign it. Apparently, British people don't do that. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Where did you want him to sign it? Uh, was basically, on my ass. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's like on the inside of the box cover. There's uh, this kind of um, thing called the random number generator, which is a callback to the books. Where like you could use a D10 to play the books, but if you didn't have the dice, there's basically a grid with a bunch of numbers from zero through nine, and you're supposed to just close your eyes and let your pencil drop on onto the chart and then wherever your pencil drops that's the number you generated mm. so they reprinted the random number generator on the inside of the box cover and you can actually use that in the game um, with these tokens that you can flip into the box a little gimmicky you know but you know i'm not going to use that i'm going to use a d10 so i asked him oh could you sign across the random number table because it's kind of this iconic image from the books yeah. and he's like well no if i do that it will ruin it <laughs> 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 and, and, but like when I asked him to sign the random number table, this guy next to me was like, "Oh yeah, sweet," you know. <laughs> and he's like, "No, it will ruin it." You know? like, All right, just sign it wherever you want. <laughs> like, right, whatever. Oh man, that's hilarious. <laughs> so uh, anyway, yeah. So and I wanted to to get more stuff, and when I went back on Friday, um, as my feet were like about to fall off my ankle. I'm like, just one more pass in the exhibitor's hall. I can do it. And so I showed up there at like 5.50, not realizing the hall closed at 6. Oh, yeah. You know, and I'm like walking through, trying to get to the Pelgrane booth just so I can like buy some stuff there. And like by the time I got to that booth, it was like 5.55 and they were flashing the lights. And I was like, damn it. Because that hall was so huge. It would take like 15 minutes just to walk, you know, to one section that you're trying to get to, you know? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. So, as it was, though, that was fine, because I barely got my suitcase uh, closed as it was. So. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the steward or the, uh, the flight attendants were pissed at me for having, like, my suitcase. They're like, sir, you can't carry that onto the plane. I'm like, yeah, I totally can. <laughs> <laughs> and I was right. <laughs> but, <That> was... <laughs> but no, it was just, like, really kind of funny. Like, it was so overstuffed that, like, no one believed me that I could fit it up there. But I totally did. Up yours, Southwest stewardess. Yeah, you're like, dude, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. (laughs) Please, I played Tetris for most of my life. I know how to make this shit work. (laughs) Nice. Well, we uh, we just hit the 51-minute mark, usually about the time we talk about our campaign pipe dreams. However, next year, we're going to Gen Con again. Yeah! So uh, let's talk about what we want to do next year at Gen Con. Gen Con, Gen Con pipe. pipe dreams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll go first, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I was really, really bummed out about how little representation Iron Kingdoms had 
at Gen Con. It's a great role-playing game. They weren't even demoing it, from what I could see. They were demoing Iron Kingdoms Unleashed yeah. with their adventure kit. But they like weren't doing anything for Iron Kingdoms straight up, which made me really sad. And I didn't find any pickup games that I could do, like or any games registered that were Iron Kingdoms. Mm. So I'm going to run some Iron Kingdoms games at Gen Con next year. Nice. Mm. Um, I would also like to do a seminar on uh, Horses for Gamers. Uh, because I think it's a mostly ignored facet of a, a genre that horses are actually really important in. And, you know, you're selling yourself short if you don't know how fun mounted combat can be. I would go to that seminar. Fantastic. Well, you guys are going to get to uh, go through several iterations of my presentation. Friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, like, assign you times. Be like, Dave, you have to show up at 8 o'clock Mountain Time for me to present to you uh, version 1.3. And you can give me some feedback. Sounds good. Uh, we can also be, like, your plants in the audience. Yeah, like, right. You, know, you ask for, like, you know, audience participation. We're there, you know, just, like, shouting, like, yeah, horses. Yay. <laughs> yeah, horses. <laughs> I have to come up with a couple questions to get the ball rolling, you know. Once you've asked one question, people start asking questions. That's true. <laughs> true yeah. <laughs> but I think it would be a good seminar, and I think it would be fun. And I was thinking of running a couple of actual game sessions that were kind of mounted combat oriented to go with it. Definitely. If you know what I mean, so. Would you uh, try to get in on the painting contest at all as well? Or? Um, yeah, that's one thing I like. Really found the logistics of too late because they don't really advertise it at all anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, but there is a Gen Con painting competition, and Dark Sword Miniatures, especially, sponsors like additional prizes for it. And so I wanted to get in on it, and then I got a painting commission, and so I didn't have time to, but next year. Mm. Next year painting competition. All right, who's got the cop car? Oh, uh, that would be us, yes. Yeah. <laughs> As you might imagine, <laughs> having been here a couple times now. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, Randy? Um, yeah, so I'm gonna sign up for more role playing games and, and actual games next time and just um, do a lot of that and schedule maybe more time for um, the exhibit hall. So, like, I go once and then a second time so that I can think about what I saw and get <laughs> what I want at the second time. <laughs> Um, but definitely work in some, some, uh, role playing games, some, some tabletop games and just make it all about gaming, um, for me and, uh, leave, leave that hour between each session and not try to cram it minute to minute to minute because yeah. <laughs> I found that I needed to go get food sometimes and <laughs> what eating and like, like seriously, um, for food for me, it was like, Oh, I happen not to have something this 30 minutes, so I'm going to go to the mall and get some food before my next thing, and then and then I would eat at dinner at night. So like I, I only ate one thing in the middle at some point whenever I felt like I wanted to. Like it, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't scheduled. Food wasn't scheduled, <laughs> mm. and um, I can go a long time without food if I'm entertained. Otherwise, so. <laughs> All right. How about you, David? Um, yeah, so like I said, I'm going to, you know, probably focus more on 
the exhibit hall and then just like networking opportunities like the Annie's and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'd ever like run something. You know, that's, that's something to think about. I, I know I'm not interested in like sitting down at a, a table to play, but I might run something, you know. I'd have to think about that. Yeah. Um, well, especially I'm like, what saying, like you know, like with underrepresented games. You right. Know, like, where it's like, God, it's 90% Pathfinder. Jesus, man, I had to diversify a little bit here, you know. Seriously. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, right. And then, yeah, probably just like, go in a lot more kind of flexible in terms of my schedule, not like just sign up for a bunch of things, you know, like, it, you know, as soon as uh, sign up start, you know, and just kind of be like, oh, you know, I'll just buy some generic tickets and maybe I can, ju- you know, drop in and just keep a little more flexible that way. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, just pace myself. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Good times. Mm-hmm. I mean, as for me, I'm going to cut way down on the number of generic tickets I bring. Like mm-hmm. maybe I'll bring like eight bucks worth, but yeah. 20 was way too much for me. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, As for me, definitely I want to run games. I want to run Savage Fallout. I want to run Iron Kingdoms. And I also, um, potentially over the next year, I'm going to try to write some stuff for BRP. So I might try to run some BRP next year as well. So, you know, maybe like one game Thursday, Friday, Saturday, maybe two. I don't know. It really depends on exactly how much time I get to write these games. But... At the same time, I kind of also want to get, like, the Esoteric Order all over to Gen Con and, like, have us play, like, a live game in front of people. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. So, like, straight up, like, you know, Penny Arcade playing at PAX in front of a bunch of people. I want the (laughs) Esoteric Order playing, you know, Call of Cthulhu or Pendragon or something hilarious. And, you know, having that be, like, you know, just some sort of, you know, little stop by and watch us, you know fail miserably or <laughs> watch have... watch jade crit every other role right <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah i think that might be like a lot of fun to do and um i can't see myself doing any like seminars i don't know what i would talk about but just really i kind of want to run games i feel i felt my gm senses ticking and <laughs> like itching to like just you know step into that you know step in front of some of those screens and being like okay your guys are going to die in like two hours and here's how it happens. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think that's, uh, that's what I'm itching to do next year. Gen Con just really run some games. Cool. Yep. Oh, well, um, got like a minute or so left. Any, uh, any final thoughts? No thoughts. It was, uh, it was, Every bit is overwhelming and clusterfucky as I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yet I still had a really good time. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, uh, 10 out of 10 would attend again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. And just a final thought on food, actually. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, no, there's no easy answer. There's, there's commissaries in the exhibit hall that serve disgusting food, but it's calories. Food uh, trucks have ridiculously long lines. I paid six dollars for uh, a heated up sausage on a bun with no condiments. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. They dared to call it bratwurst. Um, and I don't know. There's, there's uh, the food issue is, is always going to be vexing. I think. So. Yeah. Yeah. I did have some really great Indian food from a food truck. The spice box. Spice box was fantastic. Yeah. Um, also, the Chinese place we had was not bad. Yeah, it was pretty, the it was pretty good. 
Yeah, they had that really interesting um, return policy on their food. Yeah. Right. They were really angry about about re their food return policy, but that's fine. I don't return food, so it didn't affect right. me at all. Yeah. It was delicious. It I was mean, fantastic. But, oh, and I tricked you guys into blowing your food budget at St. Elmo, and that didn't go. Yeah. Thanks for that, David. Yes. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Next time we're we're setting a reservation at St. Elmo, but we're gonna have it at the bar, and all we're gonna do is have drinks bread and a lobster bisque <laughs> and shrimp cocktail and the shrimp cocktail that's right yeah because <laughs> yeah that that cocktail sauce was amazing it was amazing yes yeah. how were the steaks were okay though i mean how were they they were nothing exciting the really steaks, it was good but it wasn't like it wasn't like if you go to new york steakhouse and like right. you know if I'm one of those people that's like i can go to the grocery store and get a cheap steak and it tastes better than this <laughs> Worth fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. even order steak. I just had bites of Randy's. You had a chicken. You had half a chicken. And it was good chicken. <laughs> yeah. It was good chicken. I mean, yeah. I will say the steak was better than a lot of other restaurants I've had steak at. But at the same time, just for like the atmosphere and for the price, a lot of the other stuff was better. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like that soup. Yeah, the lobster bisque. Oh my god. Oh my god, that bisque. Yeah, go for the lobster bisque and the shrimp cocktail, and you'll be happy. And your sinuses will be super clear. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I can attest to that. <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah, I'm definitely down to go to St. Elmo's next year if we skip the steak. Yes. Yeah. As am I. Oh, man. Well, in any case, um, guys, thanks for adjourning with me and recording this follow-up to our Gen Con 2015 Woohoo! Super exciting. Um, once again, everyone who's listening, thank you so much for sticking with us for 43 episodes. We look forward to plenty more. This was uh, Unabashed Gaming episode 43, Gen Con follow-up. My name is David Schimpf. I'm Susan Stewart. I'm Randy Stewart. I'm David Larkins. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hey folks, David Schimpf again. Just wanted to come in here at the tail end of things to talk about a really fantastic game I was able to play at Gen Con called Lore RPG. It's a D&D D20 derivative system with incorporated world lore similar to the Pathfinder or Forgotten Realm settings, but I have to say that running through a game with co-creator David Freeze at the helm felt like a breath of fresh air especially with the Pathfinder saturation that was at Gen Con 2015. It's up on Kickstarter right now for a physical release, but if you go to the game's site at gamefacepublishing.com and create an account, you can download the core rules as a PDF absolutely free. I had a chance to talk with the creators David Fries and Kevin Williams at Gen Con, and have to say they are super earnest and really eager to get this release right get it to us gamers, and not gouge us in our already post-con depleted pocketbooks. So, if you're like me and kind of sick of D&D 4th, 5th, 3.5, Pathfinder, etc., feel free to give Lore a try and see if it's a bit more up your alley. Thanks.
just as a reminder to our listeners, we here at Unabashed Gaming love to hear from you. Head over to www.unabashedgaming.blogspot.com and leave us a comment. We also have a SpeakPipe link on our blog page. You can leave us a message directly through your computer's microphone or headset. Comments, questions, topic ideas, whatever you want to share with us, all is welcome. We hope to hear from you soon. Thanks. Thanks.